Welcome to The Prologue of Time Has Passed, narrated by Syrup. Our story begins in an alternate version of Galarian, a version of the world with a number of unique cultures and places separate from the known history of that world. A world that is now on the brink of a dark age. The gods have fallen silent for decades all around the globe, and all practitioners of magic, regardless of tradition, have been reduced to nothing but the occasional use of cantrips. In the matter of half a century, there was no one capable of becoming the heroes the world needed. The planet was slowly decaying, and various calamities of legend, like storms and undead, ravaged those who were able to survive. Even an entire continent was swallowed by the sweeping disasters, with not even a trace left behind. Seeing the future for what it was, the remains of the world government came up with a singular scheme to attempt to save the world from total oblivion. Their plan was simple, at least on paper travel back in time, and stop the calamities from ever occurring. However, even with the collective brain power of the world, they didn't spare a thought to the consequences of changing the past. And so they charged ahead without concern like a castaway lost in the sea of their despair. That desperation spawned an organization known as the Dreamers of Worlds, or D.O.W. This organization was meant to build, organize, and manage the attempt to alter the timeline. The cornerstone of their plan being the use of a mysterious substance known as orichalcum and its reality-affecting properties. This orichalcum is rare, but had been discovered in greater abundance ever since the world began to be ravaged. With their prize in hand, the DOW spent years researching the means to utilize the power that orichalcum holds. Their researchers eventually settled on a pod-like contraption where an individual would be submerged in orichalcum, which would then send their souls back through time using their willpower and spirit to shape an avatar in the past with the knowledge and means of a hero that could rebuild the present. Due to the long-reaching nature of the project, the DOW tried to gather as many possible subjects to send back in time, hoping that even one team would be successful. These candidates were recruited, kidnapped, bought, and rescued from their previous lives, chosen for various properties that could be the recipe for success. They would have strong willpower, self-image, a commitment to the cause of the DOW, family lineage, racial background, magic affinity, talent, and political standing, to name a few. These candidates were then frozen to ensure they survived until the project was ready for them to attempt to jump. This is where our team of adventurers enters the story. The last team the project has before being met with total failure. First, we have Jasper Isfal, a human soldier in his mid-twenties. Jasper was chosen for his devotion to the mission and the DOW itself. He was a man who was raised and bred for this job, and faced the challenge with the purpose and a fair bit of iron-jawed enthusiasm. He was an intelligent man, who focused all of his considerable resources to clear the straightest path to his goals, regardless of the lies he told or the walls he had to smash down in the process. For him, all that matters was the end, and the means was only a secondary concern. Then comes Bolga, a half-orc woman, who was kidnapped from her home just before the fall of her village. She dealt with a large amount of emotional trauma due to the internalized prejudice that half-breeds faced. She was quiet, easily startled, and assumed the worst of herself at all times. In contrast, she was the most compassionate and observant of the six, speaking only when she knew something important. Her goal was to find a way back to her husband, Fenris, who had been left alone after her kidnapping. Next was Toda, another half-breed in the form of a half-orc, half-halfling. The hope of his tiny community who had struggled for years for children with little success. He was offered up to the DOW as a beacon of hope for his community and the world, as well as being the first of his kind. 
His larger-than-life smile and gentle demeanor was hope made tangible as he stumbled his way into the hearts and minds of those around him. His efforts were not helped by the many personalities in the group mixing about as well as oil and water. In contrast to this ray of sunlight, Leon Reishart joins the team, a quivering mass of confusion and fragility. A servant of a noble duke, the human Leon worked hard at his tasks, only to realize that the duke he worked for was dealing in dark, unpleasant experiments at the cost of innocent lives. Racked with guilt for his own ignorance, he attempted to confront the man, which he thought led to his death. Until, that is, he awoke, changed, in the DOW facility. Now somehow a large half-orc, he found himself a stranger in his own body. He agrees to the mission as a means of self-imposed penance. Now, someone who lacked no confidence in the mission and had the social power to make others believe it with him was Hugh Mann, the human politician. Born the son of a famous politician and forced to fill his shoes too early due to the onset of a sudden illness, Hugh was driven to make a name for himself. He not only wanted to fill his father's position, he wanted to do better than his father's dreams. He wanted to leave his mark on his homeland of Dofer. Due to his position, he was more familiar with the effects that the calamities were having across the globe. And so, when the DLW approached him to become part of the project, he quickly accepted. He was seen as someone who could lead the world into a bright future. Finally, came Silbellis, a teenage human girl younger than the rest by a fair margin, seemingly taken from her bed in the middle of the night. Lost without her friends and family, she awakens to find herself locked in a room with strange adults, and an even stranger mission to accomplish. Strangest of all is the large tattoo taking up a portion of her back that she does not remember having before. Silbellis comes from a family of historians and travelers who raised her on stories of the past and puzzles to sharpen her mind. Outside of those stories, she lived a sheltered experience, only able to see the greater world in those small glimpses when she was capable of sneaking out. However, with no other choice, she must move forward or be stuck alone, with no means of finding the people she loves. Thus enters our group of misfits, locked in a bunker that had not seen use in years, with literal skeletons of the people who were meant to be their guides, slumped in a corner. Having found the journal of the pair who chose to end their lives peacefully, rather than starve, they were given the broadest details of how the time travel should work. A basic description of the danger each calamity held, a handful of old DOW records, and a starting point. If the group wished to survive, their only option was to jump. Their first stop would be Vlodaren, the forested continent of elves that had literally been devoured by the nature they swore to protect. Animated plants swept through their settlements, with the only option being to wade into that chaos and attempt to stop the chaos before it started. The only thing left was to create their avatars. Jasper decided on a dwarven champion of Sarenrae, by the name of Doltrin, concentrating his resolve in the mission to create a tempered, if somewhat brittle, axe to cut down enemies. Bolga created a half-elven ranger, her idealized self in body, if not mind, with the grace and snake animal companion to match. Toda, building upon his heritage and wanting to connect with nature, became the half-elf druid of the party, as well as the older brother to Leon. Lost and confused due to his circumstances, Leon focused on his singular wish of atonement and clung to those around him hoping to find a path forward. He kept his name and new form as he made a connection with Sarenrae as a war priest and Toda as family. Hugh, understanding the political nature of the elves, created the persona Mick, the elvish bard. Finally, Silbellis, possibly the most lost and confused out of everyone, latched onto an idol she had only caught glimpses of, a pit fighter from her hometown. 
the only problem being that he was both male and half-orc. Her confused self-image ended up causing a complication, where she became both green-skinned and male, but maintained her human identity, now as an adult. And thus, the most unprepared, disorganized, confused, argumentative, and just generally lost group of heroes set out on their first steps to saving the world. Dun dun dun! The end!